Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Richard and Dr. Ed Show. Mr. Ed, how are we doing today, brother? I am very well. I've had a, as I was saying, I've uh, had a good weekend recovering from getting back from holiday, which sounds like a very kind of first world problem, doesn't it? It does um, a little I, bit. Oh, I also just watched one of the episodes of Limitless with Chris Hemsworth. I don't know if you've oh, heard about it. Oh, the first one. I got I a few messages. The second episode about the cold therapy. Yeah. What do you think about this? I haven't seen the second episode. I mean, it's not like a spoiler alert, but on the first episode, I feel like I could have done a better job of preparing him for being on that on that tight walk, that crane walk that he was doing. Did, well, did he? I didn't watch the first one. I went straight to the second one. Oh, well, go watch the first one. I got okay. I actually got a few messages of people going like, dude, we could have done such a better job. They only used breathing as the only mechanism to handle his stress huh. again it was the deny the stress that you're in and try and force a state that you want to be in and it yeah. does like the the, the the legs started to give out and obviously like he came through but the, i think that he came through was more of a survival mechanism and it was just all adrenaline he was in a full collapse mm. um but i don't think that for me it's uh, go watch it but I don't think that he would do it again voluntarily. So for me, I feel like that's a fail. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I think with all of you guys that I took on the men's retreat to go do the bungee jump, I think yeah. you guys would all do the jump again without a problem. Yeah. Right. I think Tony would probably have the hardest time, but I think he would, he would be like, yeah, sure. I'll go again. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't think that he would voluntarily be like, oh yeah, I'm going to go walk that, that crane again. Yeah. You could just see the whole change of state very rapidly. But it was it was an interesting watch. I mean, it's kind of cool to that he's putting that stuff out there, which is everything we've been talking about for the past yeah. few years about mental health, anxiety, and how it's not just. I mean, yeah, physical physical feats are part of it, but you know, emotional trauma and social anxiety symptoms and all of that still play the same role as walking on a crane on top of a building, because. <laughs> Well, you know, at the end, the body has the same reactions most of the time. <laughs> well, I like, I like in the in this episode they flew um, Peter Atia out to sit in the sauna with Chris Hemsworth and take his pulse, and that was all he did for the whole episode. That's awesome. I wonder how That's much the kind of doctor I want to be. Yeah, dude. <laughs> we'll get there. We just got to keep making these podcasts, bro. Yeah. Slowly build up a research team, and we'll make it. We'll make it happen. Um, so speaking of that, I want to talk about briefly on timelines, especially if we dive deeper into the emotional mapping, which quick hint for you guys, Black Friday is coming up and I've decided that I'm just going to lay it all out on the line. <laughs> so, uh, a quick early bird special for you guys that are listening to this before I start to post anything. Um, I'm actually going to start to post up all of my maps that I've drawn up with the emotions and behavioral patterns in each of the bigger muscle groups. Um, I won't go into the first and secondary line of defense, if you will, or the points of discomfort, uh, but I will go into the major, the bigger, more efferent type muscles. But with that being said, it takes time. And that time is a very personal and a very sensitive situation. Um, you know, I think that everybody has their own route to go through. And so I think that we all need to 
allow the human that is working through their traumas or trying to get better to have their time and space in order to progress, right? So that was a big, long-winded question as I was trying to gather my thoughts, and Siri keeps recording what I'm saying, and it's driving me nuts. Um, but it's a... I've worked with clients that are on the extreme because they're on the border of a breakdown or, you know, suicide or, you know, some crazy compulsive behavior. And we can achieve some big expressions fairly quickly through movement. And I've had clients that are extremely, extremely, extremely disconnected with their own body. So gaining that awareness, and we're talking two years down the line, I have a client right now that's going like, dude, I've all these emotions are coming up. Like, what is happening? And I'm like, well, it's been a buildup of a long time. And now you're we finally aligned everything, uh, you know, physically and mentally and emotionally for it to actually start to bu bubble or burble or kind of blow up and come out. And so now we're having to go through it. And, um, you know, those have ups and downs. But you know, that timeline is going to vary based on, on each client. And I think that you cannot negate the advancement of somebody because you think that it's only an inch because for that person, it may be a mile or 10 miles and it may be huge. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I work with on my clients is I want, I love the upswing and when they start to perform and become better but I know there's going to become a downswing. And I'm sure that you're aware of that, Ed. There's always going to be a downswing because, you know, things aren't linear in, in nature. And, you know, we we like conformity. We've talked about in the past in the past where the body is comfortable even in a very shitty situation. And so things will always create these reactions to bring the downswing again. And so for me, I, I just wanted to kind of go on here really quick and be like, you know, I wish I was this beautiful shaman magician that could just like out of nowhere snap my fingers and everything's going to be great in your life. But I'm just here to navigate and get you through the upstreams and the downstreams and, you know, allow you to better react to stress in a more positive manner, shall we say, or in a less um, damaging manner, maybe is a better way, better term of putting it. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely have seen it. And um, even when it comes to pain, it's we can expect, because everything's a probability rather than, as you say, there's nothing linear. We can expect it to come back. But when it does come back, it will come back, hopefully, with less intensity and right. last for less time. And maybe even then, because in some cases maybe some awareness has been built it can be perceived as a negative maybe the first or second time that happens to the individual right. but then as you get down the line in hindsight it was all i think the body has almost these checking mechanisms where it's it's almost those afferent signals are almost asking you if you're sure are you do you want to change like is this the way we want to go because we've been doing something else for so long and we're changing direction and that change in direction is is energy intensive and right that that's why we kind of always come back to what's the driver or what's the why or the intent um yeah because then it allows you to frame those 
coming out of the bottom of those dips better with clients. Yeah, and I think you you mentioned something very important in that sentence where it was, you know, your understanding that you're going into these kind of, I'm paraphrasing, uh, but, you know, your understanding that you're going back into this down cycle or this up cycle, which means that you're becoming more aware of the signals in your body, mm-hmm. you know? And so on a very pure physical level, like I've had that with clients where they're like, hey, my shoulder's not feeling good, so I'm not going to go train. Whereas before they'd be like, my shoulder's not feeling good, so I'm going to go smash the shit out of it, pop ibuprofen so I don't feel my shoulder and continue to train. So, I mean, that's a huge leap. You know, for me, that's a huge win in a client that is, you know, shall we say borderline obsessive compulsive about training, right? Mm -hmm. And so if they can start to navigate through that, for me, it's like, man, we're we're rocking it. Um, And so from the outside, maybe it doesn't seem as that huge of a, of a leap forward, right. Or a change of behavior. But I mean, that's taken some work to be able to acknowledge that you're going to listen to your body rather than negate it and listen from some external data point that you should keep going or not. Yeah. I w- it's interesting that you say external data point. Um, I almost think about um, you, um, and maybe I imagine rather than being the whoop band that gives you here's all of the here's all of your data here's a here's some advice with we're also like we're we're not wearable but but we're right. there in the background and people are kind of like so this happened and then we can kind of make sense of it and give a potential next step yeah and, you, and, and... You... Sorry, sorry keep going <laughs> with the you you mentioned like building the awareness to maybe not train with shoulder pain, but also um, what I've noticed is that there's some people who who rather than not training when they have shoulder pain, realizing that coming to train and not having shoulder pain after the training session, right. And improving it is 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 another way to go. I.e., sometimes things can you can do yeah. them differently and they can be better. And I love all this external data. I mean, I've never used a single piece of it. I have my I have my Apple Watch, and I get excited when my exercise circle closes here and there, but I don't check any of it. Um, I've had clients that are so highly anxious and wanting to prove that they could have the perfect markers. So I had a client that was doing lactate testing for anxiety and, and, you know, kind of measuring their levels of anxiety versus depression. And and should they be doing the type of workouts they should be doing? They were feeling before they started the lactate testing, they were starting to come around and they were starting to become more aware of how they were feeling every single day. It was becoming more auto-regulated. We started with the lactate testing and it turned out that the lactate testing was too low. So she freaked out about it. And then the lactate levels were starting to get too high. And so then she would freak out about it. So she started to feel, right? Now this is very important. She started to feel worse mentally and physically, but the lactate testing got more and more on point. And, I, and and so it came to a point, she's like, I just don't know what's happening. My lactate test is perfect. I was like, because 
your body wants to show you perfection, but you're not. You were like, you're no longer like the validation is now the lactate test, not how you are feeling. Like we need to change that perception. Like, how are you feeling? And let's just go back to that. And, you know, we've, we've had some of those clients that we've worked with together that are very much into testing everything, like every hour on the hour, on the hour, on the hour. At some point, you're just trying to find something to prove the shittiness that you're feeling without having to go take action on it. You know, and so for me, that's a that's a big one where it's like, can't we just go back to, hey, do you feel good? You know, and then again, sometimes people's goods is very low or is very high, um, you know, but that's at least from there, we can start to stress with exercise or breathing or movement or some exposure and at least have a baseline of what their good is and just keep working towards a little bit better every time. And it won't be every time because sometimes, yeah, the boss is going to be a dick or you have to work. You know, I know like when you have to work like three or four night shifts or you have to go on vacation, Dr. Ed, you know, then you have to come back and you're lower. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> but the goal is to continuously get, yeah, you know, the goal is to continuously get better based on how you were feeling. And yes, sometimes we yeah. can go overboard because, you know, I'd say I feel good, but I'm drinking a bottle of whiskey a day. You know what I mean? Like, of course, there's those justification points. But we we are we always understand our body. We just need we either take the decision to listen to it or we don't. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I love ice cream. I'm never gonna stop having ice cream. I love drinking. I'm never gonna stop drinking. I had a, a great. I'm, I'm gonna post it. Uh, the guy that was the 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 machine. What's his name? The comedian. He's friends with Joe Rogan, and he did this whole bit. He's like, I'm not gonna stop drinking. Because you know what? There's something that gives me butterflies when a friend calls me up and goes, hey, you want to go have a cold beer? Or when you're with your wife and you go out and you find out that it's brunch time and you can have a mimosa and they come up to you and they go, it's bottomless mimosas. You know, it's like, it's almost like flirting. It's delicious. It gives you butterflies. It gets you the tingles and you never know where it's going to go, right? Like it doesn't mean that you get sloshed every day, but it's, it's a, you know, you start to find out, like for me, if I start to like right now, I have ice cream in the in the freezer, and I, I do this to myself, and it's it's like a testing mechanism. I don't just buy one pint of Ben and Jerry's because all the flavors look delicious, so I'll buy like seven pints of Ben and Jerry's. But I can sit there and finish a pint and probably two or three if I really wanted to. But right now, I have six pints of Ben and Jerry's just sitting there. So I know that if I want a pint of Ben and Jerry's, it's because I feel that I deserve it because I've trained hard, I've worked hard. I played with the kids. I put the kids to sleep. I just want to sit down and enjoy a pint of Ben and Jerry's. I don't think that's that bad. Or have a nice whiskey. You know what I mean? If I'm eating the whole pint and then going for the next one, and then the next day, I can't wait for it to everybody to go to sleep so I can crash a pint of Ben and Jerry's or have a pint of Ben and Jerry's for breakfast, then I need to have these kind of checkpoints with me, these markers, right? But for the most part, the goal is we need to educate people on how to auto-regulate themselves, right? And that comes with a timeline that is going to be very individualized based on how disconnected the person is to listening to their own signals, whether it's been conditioned through external factors or, you know, you know, from their own internal kind of, you know, the gut biome has changed or, you know, their, their inner talk is kind of changing or their cell 
cells are kind of giving off the wrong signals, right? And these things so like nutrients are off or, you know, so that's where you would need to come and be like, hey, you have no vitamin B12 or you need more protein or you need this or that. But it's it's always going to be a timeline based on how connected you are to yourself. And some people are extremely disconnected. Yes. And that timeline for most people is much longer than they want it to be. Yeah. I mean, e I mean even even from the tech, like the testing and the perspective of supplementing um, at least three months for most people before they would right. notice. Yeah. And, and that's what we say, right? It's like, give us three months. We're going to work with you. We're going to make sure that you can start to auto-regulate yourself. And then from there, you'll be a little bit more dependent. Most times, you know, you do need to come back in six months or nine months just to have like a checkup. I've had some yeah. clients that are a little bit more on the very, very disconnected side. And we've been working together for a year, but there's so much progress that has happened as a human in that year. It's amazing. Mm. So I think that, you know, when you have your clients and I know that right now we're in a very fast paced world and I, I'm going to, I think I'm going to make a rant on where I see the fitness industry going, but we're in a very fast paced world where we want to sell all these short-term rewards because we want to make the money now. And I think that it just ends up going back to people losing trust in the fitness industry as they have with the medical industry, right? Or yep. other systems. So we're not going to get into that in this podcast because I just want to keep it in, on the good vibes only. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but when, when you keep going to trainers and they just keep wanting to sell you shit and you end up coming off worse than when you came in, or if you keep going to the same physiotherapist or chiropractor and you keep seeing them every six weeks for the same exact problem and nothing has changed, you know, it's, it's a, it's a hard conversation to have with yourself because again, you're comfortable in a shitty situation because they provide you that very small amount of relief for that short amount of time is what it is. So then you're never going to see that long-term value of your performance or optimizing your health because you're only going two steps forward and then having to go two steps backwards because nothing is changing, whether it's on the auto-regulation self, on the connection with yourself or the, you know, on the physical side, the bigger movement patterns are not being changed. So therefore the structure never changes and therefore the same shoulder or hip pain is going to keep coming back, which as we get into emotional mapping and those will be some other episodes, but it's a feedback loop, right? So if you're having these movement patterns change, which changes the structures of the muscles and the ability for them to have a connection to the brain, then you're going to start to have behavioral changes that will slowly over time start to change who you are as a person. That'll be a fun one to talk about. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I just want to, before we go off on a lot of different side rants, because I feel like we should just have podcasts that are a little bit more direct. If you're looking for change and to understand how well connected you are with yourself, what is the number one thing that I'm going to recommend? One hour of Swami session, <laughs> right? I mean, I know I keep going back to it. I think either one hour of Swami session or go for five days, go walk for 60 minutes listening to brain food. And every single day that you go for a walk, I want you to think of what are your drivers? So what are the things that are really driving you in this world? Because those are sometimes the things that are keeping you stagnant. And what are your anchors? So when everything else goes down, if you're at the bottom of your bottom, what are your anchors? Like, who are they? What are they? 
Are they physical things? Are they people? Is it only yourself? Do you have anybody that can hold you accountable? Do you have anybody that you can truly, truly trust to, you know, reveal your darkest secrets that are, you know, they don't have to be dark, but, you know, your deepest secrets that are very vulnerable for you to talk about. So do that for five days and see the type of changes that you can have with your own auto-regulation and your connection to yourself. What else would you add, Mr. Ed? Um, not much, to be honest, because they both worked <laughs> for me. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the workout I did yesterday, I, I guess, is based on that is, or at least it was something that I was avoiding is just like put a clock on for an hour and just keep moving. Right. <laughs> Without think making it too complicated and something that you can just keep keep doing chipping or chipping away at that's not skillful it just requires some effort on your part yeah um eventually you'll you'll get into your head and then you'll get out of your head and something will come you'll figure something out yeah absolutely beautiful guys again none of this is medical advice doctor you should be saying this not me yeah it's definitely <laughs> not it's definitely not um if you need to make any changes to your health or fitness program go and speak to your own doctor or they can reach out to you and have a discussion or they can reach out to us and we'll, uh, absolutely we're always here to help guys remember we'll work alongside whoever proper movement is medicine always be proactive about your health and we'll catch you guys on the next episode Bye. that was a good ending i like that one